Amen. Amen. Okay. Welcome everyone to New Hope International Church. Our uh, senior pastor, Pastor Lau, is um, causing havoc in the devil's, uh, devil's territory down in Las Vegas. I mean, Los Angeles. He is uh, going and, and tearing down strongholds, we believe. So um, uh, I just want to let you know where, where he is. I'll, I'll be... Um, standing in for him today and in, in giving the word. I also want to uh, say, um, announce that we have a new couple in, in our church, uh, Patrick and Ira. They got, got married last, last week. So we're very glad about that. And also, um, I hope that the fifth and sixth grade classes are, are here. Are you guys, anybody in the fifth and sixth grade class? Raise your hand. Anybody? There, there's some. Okay, good. We, we wanted, I wanted to um, ask the, the fifth and sixth graders to um, stay in the sermon today because the message is going to be, you know, aimed at, at teenagers today. But I believe that it's going to, it can apply to all of us, even if we are much, much older than, than, than teenagers. In fact, I, I, uh, I have a special gift for all of the students. Um, so if you're a student, please raise your hand. The, the ushers are going to be passing out um, a special gift to you. So it's just a, a little bookmark so that you, to help you remember the, the sermon. So if you're a student, raise your hand. I want you guys to get this, uh, get, get this bookmark. It's going to help you to, if you're in school, Raise your hand. I, I just want to make sure that, that all of the students get, get them. <laughs> They're just book, bookmarks to, to help them, you know, to help you remember. You know, you can put it, in your, uh, put it in your textbook and stuff, in your binder, maybe slip it into your binder so you can remember this sermon today. Amen. And I will explain what it means. Uh, later on, you you will find we will find out what it means. It says Alex Aminos Fidelis. Alex Aminos is faithful. That's right. Somebody knows their Latin. <laughs> so, um, so the the reason the I want to title this sermon today. Can I please see your ID? You know, uh, for, for teenagers, underage kids, ID is a really big thing because when you got an ID, then you're, you can, you know, do lots of things. You can, you know, buy all kinds of stuff that you shouldn't be buying. And, but, uh, you know, teenagers, they want to get an ID. They want to get a driver's license, you know, so you, got, you feel like, yeah, I got a driver's license. Um, so today's message is, can I see your ID? It's about identity, who you are in Christ. And I want to tell you, give you an alternative vision of who you can be in Christ and who you are in Christ. I want to give you a new perspective this morning. And first, I have to start off 2,000 years ago. There was a man 2,000 years ago, and you guys know who I'm talking about, right? Jesus, we tell people in care group, if you, you, there's ever a discussion question and you don't know what to answer, you just say Jesus. That's the that's catch-all answer. So 2,000 years ago, there was a man named Jesus. God sent him into the world 
like the light in a dark world. He was the truth in a world where everything else is very subjective. He was absolute truth. He showed us the way to heaven. And when, when he, before he left, he left behind disciples, many men and women, different ages, different classes of society. They're all different types of people. And these people, they, they all uh, had in, what they had in common is that they, they loved Jesus. And Jesus said about them, he said, as you sent me into the world, he was talking to his father, I have sent them into the world. And I want to read uh, in John 15, these are some of the last words that, that Jesus gave to his disciples. John 15, 18 to 20. He said, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than his, the master. And since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they listened to me, they would listen to you. So, my little brothers and sisters, all of you who, who are in school, I want to tell you that what Jesus said here is, is for you as well. God, Jesus had a, had a message for you. And what he was saying is that, is that uh, as, you, as disciples of Jesus, as the ones who follow Jesus, we need to expect some things. We need to expect that we're going to be different than the world, and that the world won't understand us all the time. But did you see the last sentence that he said? He said, if they listen to me, which they did, they listened to him, then they're going to listen to you too. So I want to remind you who you are, what your identity is. Did you know the, the name Christian means little Christ? You are a Christian. You are a little Christ. And when you follow Jesus, you're going to be set apart from your friends and, and your, your teachers and, and everybody else, but you're, they're going to listen to you. Do you know that um, one thing I, I learned uh, growing up is that people may approve of you if you conform to what everybody else is doing, but they won't necessarily respect you. They may approve of you. They may say, good job, you know, you're, you're all right. They may approve of you, but they don't necessarily respect you. But if you stand up for what you believe in, and if you tell them what Jesus wants you to tell them, if you act the way Jesus wants you to act, then they will respect you the same way they respected Jesus. So I want to tell you today, like, give you some new perspective on who you are, your identity. The first thing that I want to say is that as a Christian, you are a revolutionary, okay? You are a freedom fighter. You are an insurgent. You are part of an underground resistance. Did you know that? A lot of times we think of a Christian as like, uh, you know, maybe like a... a you know, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, you know, like a, 
like, like an oppressor, the man. But actually, a true Christian is, is a freedom fighter. A true Christian is, is somebody who is a revolutionary. Against what? Against the world system. What is the world system? The world system is this. I slap you, you slap me, or, or the other way around, right? The world system is that, you know, if I, you love me, then I love you back. If you hate me, I hate you back. The world system is that I got to watch out for number one. In order for me to go up, you need to, you need to go down. That's the world system. And we're called to be revolutionaries against the world system. Paul said, for our enemy, we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, principalities, and dark forces in the spiritual realm. So we're not fighting against any people. We're not revolting against any government. But we're fighting against the spiritual forces. The Bible says that Satan has all of humanity as his captives. So you are a freedom fighter. Your manifesto is the Sermon on the Mount. Amen? In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus, that's what he, when he said, you know, um, if anybody strikes you on your left cheek, turn to him the right also. He's giving you your marching orders. He's telling you, you know, if you're following me, this is, this is what it means to follow me. So that you are a revolutionary. I want to uh, share with you a, a short clip from a movie that really inspired me in part because it, to me, I think it shows what it, what it means to be a revolutionary against the world system in just one way. So this, this clip is uh, of St. Francis of Assisi. How many of you guys know, know who he was? He was a guy back in like 1100 or something, like the Dark Ages, or I don't know, a long time ago, and he lived in Italy, and, and uh, he, he, was, he was a revolutionary. So if we could play that clip, please, thanks. Back. Come on! So God called him to rebuild this church. It's one of the first things he did. And these are his friends coming to try to speak some sense into the other friend that's following Francis. <laughs> Bernardo, listen. Paolo wants to talk with you. You see, they want you to present the keys of the city to Emperor Otto himself. It's a very great honor. You're the only one who can make peace between the governor and the bishop. <laughs> Bernardo, are you listening to me? Bernardo, please, you must come back. It's for the emperor himself. No. No, there's nothing I want to say to an emperor who slaughters the innocent, steals from the poor. No, Bernardo. There's a lot one could say to an emperor. There, you see, look, even Francesco agrees with me. What should I say to an emperor, Francesco? Well, what could you say? Mm. Well, you could tell him to throw his scepter in the mud. Or to fling his jewels into the river. Then he could see the glow of some new colors amongst the glistening pebbles. And you could say, <laughs> Otto of Brunswick, let the birds nest in your crown. 
Let the winds of heaven blow through your empty palaces. What good is your life to you if your riches bring you no peace of mind? And all your people starve. That's what should be said to an emperor. You mustn't listen to him, I warn you! If you're going to okay, say things like that, you. you better stay here! You'll, you'll both be so actually, this guy, later on, when the Emperor Otto, who is the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire, when he's going through town... That guy who who's who's saying don't listen to him. Actually, he he ends up saying those exact words because he was really convicted by what uh, Francis Francis told him. Um, okay, that that's that's it for the clip. Thanks. So uh, that's it, it's just 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 an idea, you know. But you can see that Saint Francis he was he was a revolutionary. He was a revolutionary not against the government, but against the world system. As Christians, as little Christs, you are called to be different than the world. And the world's not going to understand it. And they might hate you for it. But they, what they won't do is they won't forget you. They're going to listen to you just like they listen to Jesus. In... Matthew 5:11 through 12. Jesus says, "God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way." Jesus told his disciples 2,000 years ago, he told his disciples that, hey, you guys are following in a, in a grand old tradition, you know, of, of people who love God more than they love this world. And now, 2,000 years after Jesus said that to his disciples, it's the same for us today, because we are also his disciples. If you are a Christian today, you may think, my my parents brought me here. You know, why, why am I here? My parents want me to go here. But actually, God had a plan for you to be here in this, in this church. And God wants to call you to be his, his follower, to follow after him. In, in fact, you are part of an unbroken chain of disciples that goes all the way back to Jesus, 2,000 years. I want to... Um, I want to encourage you. You may be wondering, you know, Pastor Tyson, I'm, I'm only 14. I'm only 15. How can I do what you're saying? It's too much of you, what you, you ask. I don't even know everything about the Bible. I don't know that much. I don't know how to talk. What can I do? I'm just a little kid. But I like one thing that our pastor, Pastor Lau, says. He says, you should be... Holy Ghost Rambos. I really like that. <laughs> you guys know uh, who Rambo is? So Rambo is probably, all the Rambo movies were probably made um, even before you were born. Um, but Rambo, what Rambo was, is, is he was like a one-man army, okay? So he would always fight against overwhelming odds. And he would be behind deep, deep into enemy territory. And he would be causing havoc, 
blowing up trucks and, and everything, and, and all of the enemy would be thrown into chaos and havoc just by this one guy. So I like what Pastor Lau says. He says, you should be Holy Ghost Rambos. And the way you can be like a Rambo in the spiritual sense is being filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can use you to cause all kind of chaos and havoc amongst the, the, amongst the devil, the spiritual powers. Not, not, I don't want you to blow things up physically, but, but in a spiritual sense, you're going to be you know, going out there and you're going to be a Holy Ghost Rambo. So that's why when you say like, oh, I'm, I'm only 12, 13, 14 years old, what can I do? But if you, you can know the Holy Spirit, there's no age limit on being filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy, same Holy Spirit that was in St. Francis of Assisi can be in you. The same Holy Spirit that came upon King David when he was anointed can be in you. The Bible says that they called David in. Samuel called him in from the, from the pastors. He was the youngest of seven sons, and he anointed him, and the, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. And then after that, what was he able to do? He went out and looked at Goliath and said, what, you guys are going to let him talk about like that against our God? He says, I come against you in the name of the, the God of Israel. And King, uh, King David, before he was king, he threw the stone and it sunk into Goliath's forehead. That Holy Spirit can be in you. You can be a Holy Ghost Rambo at your school. I just want to help you see things yourself in a new way. I want to give you a, a new perspective on your identity today. Uh, not only are we... Okay, so you can be like a, a, a Rambo, you know, fighting against the devil. What are you trying to do? What's your goal? You want to free your friends who are held captive by the devil. The devil's got them a, a gun over them, okay? Because eventually they're going to die in their sins and go to hell. There's nothing they can do about it. You've got to, you know, be like um, that guy on 24, you know, and, and rescue the, the guy who's captured by the terrorists and stuff. You know, you, 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 that's, that's your job. Okay, God put you into the school for a specific reason. He put you among your friends for a specific reason. God loves your friends. He wants to use you to reach, reach out to them, to save them. He wants you, he can use you in, in, our, in our church. Our church is like an insurgent cell, okay? That's why we... <laughs> you, you, so you, you, he wants you to go into your, into your school, inform and form uh, insurgent cells, you know, of fomenting revolution in your school. You know, he wants you to save one and then two of your friends, and you guys pray together during lunch. You know, you, you start to invite your, your friends and, and win them over. You don't want to be conformed by society. You want to transform your school, right? So we, we, we need to... Um, think of ourselves as, as revolutionaries. And, um, you know, one thing that, that I've noticed, I really like to read about Christian history. 
And one thing that I've noticed is that the church prospers when it's persecuted. The church prospers when it seems to be the underdog. That's when the church prospers, and spiritually, it's very strong. And sometimes we, we, we think that, you know, that the, the church needs to control the, the, the things in this world in order to um, prosper and do well. But his, history has proven that wrong. Actually, it's been the opposite. And so, you know, we can think of different areas in society, and I think Christians will, you know, God calls us to be excellent. And we always want to excel in every area. But we're never going to control or be co-opted into the world system. We don't play on the same ground rules as they do. Our, they, they can't do anything, anything against us, really. We're, we're operating on different planes. Um, I want to give you one example of uh, a man who, a young man who excelled in one area, but he was still operating in, in, in a different sense, is um, Eric Little. And some of you guys may know him from that movie, Chariots of Fire. Um, so Eric Little, was, uh, he ran for Scotland in the Olympics, like in 1920 or something like that. And he won the, the gold medal in the 100 meter and 400 meter. And at first he wasn't even going to be able to compete because uh, the... the qualifying races were on Sunday and he wouldn't run on Sunday. So, but anyways, eventually he was able to compete without compromising his, his convictions. And he, the only reason he even ran in the Olympics was because people told him he had an opportunity to preach the gospel to more people. And that's what he wanted to do. Actually, his father and mother were missionaries in China, and he grew up in China and then only moved to Scotland when, when he was older. But then after he, he won the Olympics, those, those two gold medals, he went, he went to China again as a, as a missionary, and eventually he died there during World War II. Eric Little was an example of somebody who can excel in the in the the worldly sphere, but they don't they don't he his his he he was still uh, had his mind on different things. To him, running as a as an athlete was a was a side thing to to what what God wanted him to do. So you know the we need to remember what the goal of our revolution is is not to take over this world, but is to wait, uh, save as many people as we can and, and wait for the return of Jesus and the removal of this world and replacing of this world entirely. You see? So that, that's, I, I want you to, to think of yourself as a revolutionary in, 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 in this mindset. You know, think that, hey, I, I'm, you know, this world is passing away. That's what Paul says. This whole world is passing away, and I'm, I'm fighting a fight. I have limited time to save my friends, to save, you know, reach out to my teachers, to reach out to my community, and God can use you. He wants to use you. The second thing we should think of, our, how we should think of ourselves is as ambassadors of Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 18 through 20, Paul says, And all this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For, for God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. 
And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So what Paul is saying is saying that when you go onto your campus or in, into your school, you are an ambassador of, of Christ, of God, to everyone around you. An ambassador is a representative from one nation to another nation. You are, are Christ's ambassador at your school. God wants you to represent him in what you say and in what you do and don't do. Everything that you say and do or don't do reflects back on God. It, it's, it's, a, it's a heavy responsibility, but that's what, that's what it says in the Bible. And I believe absolutely that, um, that this, is, this is your role in, in, in your schools. Unfortunately, Sometimes if we do wrong things, like say something bad or, or do something wrong, it can reflect badly on, on Jesus because people know that we are a Christian. Or later on when we tr try to tell them about God, they will think, they will say, oh, but, but you, you know, act this way or you say this type of thing. Let's look in Philippians chapter 3, verse 17 through 19. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine, and learn from those who follow our example. For as I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. They only think about life here on this earth. Wow, that's really heavy. And that's why Paul, he said it to the Corinthians with tears in his eyes. Because many people who call themselves Christian are really acting as though they were enemies of the cross of Christ. Because they call themselves Christian while at the same time, um, you know, not representing the the cause and the, the name of Jesus Christ and the message of Jesus Christ in the right way. So students, if you are at school and everybody else is, is you know, ganging up on somebody or you feel you have an opportunity to make fun of somebody, don't do it. Not only because it's not, you're going to hurt that person, but also because you're going to harm the message of Jesus, of which you are an ambassador. If your friends call you to join them in doing something that, that's, that's not right, don't do it. Even though, even though you, know, you may feel like, oh, nobody's going to get hurt, right? We're just having fun. The, but the reason why is that if you do it, you're going to compromise your message. You're going to compromise your, your message to, to your friends, even though you may not be, you think you may not be hurting anybody, but they're, they're going to, remember what I said is that people can approve of you, but they may not respect you, right? So if you, if you do, do something that, you know, that's maybe wrong and they want you to do it, 
you know, that you're going to compromise the message of Christ. And I'm really sorry. I, I need to, you know, talk about this. If, if we live in a, a lifestyle of sin, not just sinning like, you know, once or twice and then, and then you know, we really repent and we're, we're, we're struggling with it. But if we accept that sin and we live with that sin and we live in that sin, in that lifestyle of sin, we are living as enemies of the cross of Christ. Even it may be something personal to yourself, and then some other some other people who aren't Christian they they you know kind of find out about it or or something, and you may feel oh it's not none of their business, but actually, yeah maybe it's none of their business. But the the way because you keep on doing it, you think it's none of your their business. Then they say that person is a Christian. They're a hypocrite. And you're living as an enemy of the cross of Christ. Says, Paul says their God is their stomach. It's like what, your stomach is like, you know, when you get hungry, you need to eat. It's like, I need to eat. It's like, whatever you want to do, I need to do it. Don't be that type of Christian. Don't be boasting in shameful things. Oh, we went and did this, and like, oh, did you see this, you know, and boasting in shameful things. You are living as an enemy of the cross of Christ when you're supposed to be Christ's ambassador. It's tough as, as a young person because you want to do the things that everybody else is doing because they say it's so much fun. And when you don't do it, you don't fit in. And it's difficult. But remember who you are. Remember your identity. You're, you're that Rambo, that solitary soldier, that insurgent, that revolutionary. We can't live contrary to the message that we represent. You know, if we say God is compassionate and patient, but we act uncompassionately or impatiently, then we're going against the, the message of Christ. If we know, know we have the truth in our mind, and then we all get in an argument with somebody, and we win the argument, but they're even more firmly entrenched in, the, in that, that, that wrong belief, we're going against the cross of Christ, the message of Christ. Did you know you can win an argument but lose that person? Don't get into stupid arguments, even about religion. If somebody wants to argue with you about Christianity, if they really like, like arguing, I, I would advise you not to do it. I mean, I used to do that type of thing when I was in, in, in school, too. But... Uh, now that I've grown older, I've, I've learned that, you know, it's probably not a good, good thing to do. Definitely, if, if people are really interested in you, they want to they know, you can tell them. But um, if it's like an argument, arguing thing where, like, you win the argument, the goal is to win the argument, then rather to convince them, then, then you shouldn't do it. You need to be careful. 
Jesus said, it's better for someone to tie a millstone around their neck and cast themselves into the sea than for a Christian to cause a little one to stumble or to fall away from God or somebody who, who doesn't know God. So if we're a Christian and we think that, oh, it's none of their business or, oh, I'm right to do this. I may be right, but you're causing that person to stumble. You're living as an enemy of the cross of Christ. You need to be very careful. Think of who that warning came from. Jesus. Jesus loves us. He is good. So if he gives us a warning like that, it's a serious warning. We need to take it seriously. Not only are we ambassadors, but we are little Christs. I I told you before that the name Christian means little Christ. Now think about that. Is that we are little Christ, actually. We're not little servants of Christ, even though we are servants of Christ, but we're Christians. The name means little Christs. So to me, what it means is that God is not really so concerned with getting us to do things for him than to be more and more like him. You see the difference? So God's not so concerned about getting you to do something for him. He, want, he doesn't necessarily want you to go and, hey, buddy, you know, you share a locker with somebody and, you know, you don't have to like, you know, be like a machine, you know, and, and just do what he wants you to do. Definitely he wants you to do what he wants you to do, but, but what's even more important is for you to be like Jesus, to, for you to be a little Christ. And especially because you're, you're little guys, you know, young people, so you're like little, and like little Jesuses walking around your school. So how do you, how do you get to be like a little Jesus? You, you wake up, when you wake up in the morning, and then you're like, okay, Jesus, what do you want me to do this morning? You know, what do you want to teach me today? How can, I, how can I be more like you this morning? How can I be more like you today? And then as you're, as you're walking along, you're just, you're in the school bus, and you're talking to Jesus. You're like, Lord, tell me, you know, what do you see here? You're going to the cafeteria. Jesus, what do you see? I want to see with your eyes. You see all those people. They're hurting. They're all in all kinds of trouble. They may have uh, difficulties at home. They may be, you know, in some abusive relationship. They may be, you know, heading down the wrong path. You see people with Jesus' eyes. You get to know, pray, pray more to Jesus. Praying is not, not always, you know, going and, and before you go to bed, you get down on your knees and you pray. Yeah, you can do that. That's good. But praying, Paul says to pray unceasingly. Pray always. You can pray all the time. Even when you're sitting, eating your lunch, and in the cafeteria, you can, you can pray to God. Even after you thanked, thanked God for your food, you can still pray to him. Oh, and that's another thing, thanking God for your food. That's actually, okay, Jesus gave thanks for the bread, right? So it's biblical at least. I think it's a good thing to do, especially because, okay, you want 
people to know that you're a Christian. You don't want to like try to like hide hide it. You don't want to be like 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 you know pushy about it, but you want them to know you're a Christian. And then the the, the burdens on you to really show them how a Christian lives. But praying for before uh, the meal is, is a great way to do that. You know, in a in a unobtrusive way, it's like, oh, sorry, um, you know, you just you just pray. You can even pray out loud. Thank thank you, Lord, for this day, for this food. You know, thank you for my friend. You know, and but that that's a that's a great way to do it. But anyways, what what I was saying is that we we need to be little Christs. So, as a little Christ, what you don't need to be is religious, because Jesus was not religious. Jesus hung out with prostitutes. He went to the homes of tax collectors. He went and touched the most unclean people in Jewish society, which were the lepers. Okay? Jesus was not religious. To be a little Christ doesn't mean to be religious. But it means to be more like Jesus. You need to get close to Jesus. You know... Try to feel, feel his heart. And as you become, you get closer to Jesus, you become more like Jesus, then people are going to see Jesus in you. And then you don't even have to say anything sometimes because people just see Jesus in you. You know, the way that you relate to people, the way that you say things, the way the Holy Spirit teaches you what to say, you know, how to act, People are going to, that, that, then you, it's not even working anymore. You don't even have to think about trying to do something. So I just want to remind you that, you know, being a disciple of Jesus isn't doing so much as being more like Jesus. Okay? All right. Your identity in Christ, you're revolutionary, you're ambassador, you're a little Christ. Now, finally, I want to I close um, by telling you a story about another guy who lived a long time ago, but this guy was, was about your age, okay? He was a young guy. He lived in the servants' quarters for the emperor of Rome in about the, the second century, sometime in the second century. The reason we know this is because the artifacts that they found were walled off in, in this compound that was dated to that time, and it was located on the, that Palpatine Hill where the, the emperor's palace was. And so he, was, this is, he lived in the servants' quarters, probably together with um, you know, some other slaves who were about the same age. They could be like pages today, you know, like a congressional page, you know, go send this message, you know, go make these copies or something. So they were pages, all right? They were in the emperor's palace. And what, the way we know about him is because some of his peers drew, carved this, this image into the plaster, into the wall. And if we could show it, it shows um, a figure on a cross with, with a donkey's head because people made fun of Jews and, and Christians. And they said they worshipped a donkey. And so somebody's, you know, making fun of Jesus. And, and then they have the little boy down there, and he's, like, in a worshipping stance. And the, the, the writing says, Alex Aminos worships 
his God. So the ridicule, the being set apart, the, you know, not understanding went way back before your guys' time. And Christian people, kids, student, you know, young people have been facing this from their peers for a long time. I don't think that this was the, the first time that people made fun of Alex Aminos. I, I believe that they, they probably found out he is a Christian. He probably had an opportunity at that first moment when they found out. He had an opportunity to say, no, Jesus, who is that? That guy in Palestine, he got crucified. In Roman culture, being crucified was like the worst thing that could happen. It's like being electrocuted in an electric chair. You know, and you worship that guy. So I think I believe Alex Aminos could have had an opportunity to re- deny Jesus, but he didn't. So these guys, you know, they didn't let up. They kept on, you know, making fun of him. They 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 drew this this picture. But the really touching thing is that nearby, on a wall nearby, somebody wrote, another person wrote in a different different handwriting. They wrote Alex Aminos, Fidelis. Alex Aminos is faithful. And that's on the, the bookmarks that you guys have. Now, maybe this was Alex Aminos himself, or maybe somebody who observed what was going on, or maybe even one of the people who, who drew this drawing. You know, maybe they were converted. We don't know. But what we do know is that Alex Aminos was faithful. I want to encourage you when people ridicule you and, 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 you know, stand apart from you. It's like, are you going to be faithful? That's why I gave you that, that bookmark. I want you guys to, like, put it in your binder or use it in your textbooks. And you remember Alex Aminos. He was faithful to God. Finally, I want to... I want to end with a, a song from DC Talk. How many of you guys know DC Talk? Yeah. This song, this song is called Jesus Freak.
I want to. I want. I want you guys to to remember. You know. You need to be radical for Jesus, okay? Not wishy-washy. People don't respect wishy-washy. Remember that, that, that people may, they may not approve of your beliefs, of your faith, but they will respect it. But if you do things just to get their approval, they won't respect you. So I want you to, you know, Remember that you are part of a long line of disciples. You think about John the Baptist, okay? That guy was crazy. He had bushy hair, like a big, big scraggly beard. He ate locusts and honey. He wore like goat skins. He lived in the desert. You can be like John the Baptist in your school. I wouldn't advise wearing like that. <laughs> but that mindset, you know, you, you don't need to, I mean, I'm not telling you to be weird and like crazy. You know, I want you to be a good friend. I want you to hang out and, and show that you're a happy person, that you, you're, you're happy without, you know, drinking alcohol or anything, that you, you have reason to be happy, that you're at peace. You know, I want you to, um, you know, be a very likable person, an attractive person, just like Jesus was. Think like what, what Jesus, Jesus didn't go around looking like, like that. You know, Jesus was, was a, a, a very, I think, likable person, and he was cool to be around with. I want you guys to be like that. Okay, you be little Christ at your at your campus at your school, amen, amen. So uh, anybody, if you're if you're a student and you you need courage, you want you want courage. You need the Holy Spirit. You need to be a Holy Ghost Rambo. If you feel like you need help, then please stand up and and we'll we'll pray for you. Okay, if if you if you feel like that that's what you want to do. If you want to be a little Jesus on your campus, please stand up. If you feel like, man, I, I, I want to do it, but I need help, you, please stand up. Come on, guys. Now is the time because we're at church, all right? So if you can't, if you can't make, make, a, make a firm stand now, then it's going to be hard to do it at school. Okay? Okay. Okay, all the students, if you're in school, okay. All right. All right, let's, let's, let's pray. Father God, I want to I pray that your Holy Spirit will come and anoint these kids, these young people, that they can make a bold stand for you. Lord, that they will not be ashamed of you, that you are going to empower them to say and do and have the strength to not do the bad things, Lord. Father God, please help them, Lord. Lord, they are... You said that you sent your disciples out like sheep among wolves, Father God. And Lord, this is definitely true. 
in in the schools that, that these kids have to go and uh, be in every day, Lord. Father God, Lord, they need your help. Father, but they're in the in the great place, Father, to do your work. They're in a great place to be your ambassadors, Father God. Lord, we pray, Lord, that you empower them. Lord, you 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 see their hearts, Lord. You said in your word that you come and strengthen those whose hearts are for you, Lord. We thank you, Father God. Lord, we believe that you're going to do it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah. Thank you very much. God will... God is going to bless you. I believe God's, God's going to you know, use all you guys. And for us who are older, you know, we can be Jesus freaks too. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, yeah, God, God bless you this week. I pray that the Holy Spirit is going to be with you. You are going to grow and, and learn new things in Jesus. You're going to become more and more like Jesus. And we're going to see you. Wow, you're looking more like Jesus today, next week, when we see you again next week. Okay, God bless you. Thank you.